Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. On 1116 SEM, the award-winning crunch time. Let's help you into a Honda. See honda.com.au. And the TAC safety barriers reduce fatalities by approximately 85%. Safety barriers save lives, getting us towards zero. He is a left footer, but he doesn't want to take this chance. He goes to Cox instead. Oh. He's got it again. <laughs> Adams working around with Main and side bottom, and now to Chris. Oh, no. Free swing, and he nailed it. <laughs> it's a result to shock the football world. For the faith that was shown, Nathan Buckley delivers his beloved Collingwood to the 2018 Grand Final. We feel like we're playing our best football now. We've continued to, to explore what that looks like and we've got a fairly strong belief in how we go about it. We've learnt gradually from the, the times that we've fallen short as well. We believe that we've been able to find and take some lessons out of where we've fallen short as well, which has just given us greater belief to, um, to find our best. The rise from 13th, Collingwood prepares for the final assaults, aiming for premiership number 16 at a first for coach Nathan Buckley. Again, it was in a rush, but he got it nicely to Jones, and he can link up by hand. Oh, Lewis, terrible handball. Set up Kennedy, and from point-blank range, he went bang. Darling screws a left-foot kick. It would need an incredible bounce. But they are giving us incredible in all sorts of ways today, the Eagles. The Darlings of the West are on their way to the MCG. There's no doubt a tremendous spirit at our club and I get the sense that the, the teams that go all the way carry that through and I feel like we're in a, in a position now where there's a lot of maturity in our, in our group. There's there's pretty good connection between us and the players and win, lose or draw, we'll hold, hold our heads high and we can't wait to play and we can't wait to have a win. That's our plan. The day has arrived. No challenge has been too great for Adam Simpson and his West Coast Eagles in 2018. But can they bring it this time to their most feared venue on footy's biggest day? He's a top ten player, so uh, I suspect he's pretty pretty valuable. And, um, you know, with two first-round picks, they're the sort of numbers to everyone, but they're not my decision. Carlton have got 18 first-round picks. They'll get the number one pick again this year. Gold Coast got 15 first-round picks on their list, and they're going to get picks two and 15 this year, and there's a view that they needed some mature bodies. Carlton's his choice. I know that's been around the media for speculating for a bit of a while, but obviously we had to have the medical first and get the contracts and everything else right uh, before we could tick it off. But we're just chatting about everything, and I said, mate, just by the way, just so you know that, I filled over to the captain of the Giants. I'm desperate for you to stay. 
while the last two play the rest plot and scheme to better themselves through the most active trade period the code has seen. We'll forecast it all in the crunch. It's another massive edition of Crunch Time for Honda. Let's help you into a Honda with great offers across a range of vehicles. See honda.com.au and the TAC. Safety barriers save lives, getting us towards zero. Help but feel it on a day like today. Welcome to grand final day at the MCG. And the best news so far is the sun is shining. It's not quite 24 degrees, but let's pretend it is with the window shut. Welcome to crunch time with thanks to Honda. Let's help you into a Honda. See honda.com.au and the TAC. Safety barriers save lives, getting us towards zero. The Collingwood CEO and the West Coast Eagles chairman amongst our guests today on the program. But uh, primarily our attention will be on today's game and, of course, uh, as Jared alluded to, uh, the future for so many players and so many other clubs. It's a massive day, as it always is. And Jared, there's no one more massive on no Grand one. Final Day. He gave his great sermon to the masses during the week on your program on 360. Dermot Brereton. You idiot. Welcome. <laughs> How are you? I've never seen doubt in Dermot Brereton. But there's just a flicker of doubt as to whether he can get into the most exclusive venue on Grand Final. There you go, Dermot, your face is your case. Surely you'll be at the September Club later uh, on today. Uh, I don't know. You apparently you haven't worried about it. I've never worried no. about it in the past. But and seem to sort of even when they when the security guards have put, have you got a pass? I go, oh, you serious? Don't even say anything other than that and just keep pushing through. Uh, I think they've beefed up security. But look, the the real good news is with the um, the Foxtel longest kick that's going on at the moment, Cyril has just <laughs> returned and he's come out. How did he kick it? 31 metres. <laughs> <laughs> And a 49 after, but he started with a 31.7. Oh, but great to see him there with the, um, the boys having a bit of fun back he, on the AFL stage. He was never that good anyway, Dan. No, he just battled it around a little bit, didn't he? Um, looking forward to a wonderful day. It is, it's our Melbourne Cup. It's, you know, it's our, I suppose you were talking about Ryder Cup before. It's our everything, NFL, you know. Super Bowl, isn't it? It's a wonderful, wonderful day. Yeah, Jared prefers the Super Bowl to the grand final these days. Bob Murphy is with us as well. Hello, Hunter. How are you, mate? Hello, Dermot. Hello, Hello, Jared. How's the grand final week been for you, Bob? I know you've been out on the hustings a little bit. Well, we've bumped into each we other did. a couple of times, haven't we, Anthony? Now, it's been good. Impossible not to get swept up in the, in the buzz and the optimism of, you know, we've got two great sides and the national competition from, from West and, and East. How, how has Grand Final Week been, do you reckon, boys? Because Friday night's result was such a shock, and I think we all presumed that Richmond was going to take over the town again. Has the Collingwood uh, supporters and their story f- completely filled that, do you think? Um, I don't think it has. I don't think it has either. It's been... So I thought there would be bigger crowds at Collingwood training Tuesday and Thursday. There were still terrific turnouts, five to 7,000. But I half expected on Thursday they'd be spilling all the way back onto Olympic Boulevard and sort of demanding, please stop traffic. Uh, and the parade, it rained during the parade. It really did rain in their parade. Yeah, I know there's never been a parade with fewer than 100,000 people, but I don't think there was 100,000 people there yesterday. No. Um, Took so me ma- back to the days of covering union rallies where, you know, the uh, <laughs> the vast gap between the estimations from the police and the union organisers of how many people were there was rather significant. I thought it was the, the door counter at the Carrara Stadium from the old days. Three-four-one. <laughs> 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 uh, one. Yeah, absolutely. I... I I tend to think that there's a, a lot of a quell 
with the Collingwood crowd at the moment. And it probably comes from within the team. Everyone I've spoken to, and not Eddie and not the players, but they say down and around the, um, the Collingwood precinct at the moment, there's a calmness about them that you normally wouldn't associate with Collingwood. That's been part of the narrative for them, hasn't it? Part of the change in, in this Collingwood mm. club. Which, which has to be driven by the coach. The culture of the team is set by the coach. And that's why we've always, yeah. all, always said, Anthony, in reverse, teams take on the demeanour of their coach. And if, they, if you've got a coach who argues and, and, and is a firebrand, and so too does the team play. If you've got one who's calm... Collected in his thoughts, and I think Nathan Buckley has exuded that over the last 12 months. I think Adam Simpson has as well, mm. so I think they've been careful um, not to be too big or, or arrogant, as maybe that a club has carried themselves in the past. I also think it's a hard grand final for a neutral fan to find the way into. These are two empires, and they're two evil empires and they glorify in their isolationism. They don't want you to come and join their bandwagon so I think... <laughs> so there's no people... bulldogs or... No, no. And there's no... And I think the significance with Richmond last year, as big as the club the drought, the third, the droughts of the thing yeah, aren't they? Yeah. The 37 year absence. And we all knew a Richmond fan who we could live yeah. vicariously through mm. so I think most people have tapped into the Nathan Buckley story. So my sense is most neutrals are hoping Nathan Buckley walks away with a premiership at the end of the day and then they'll grit their teeth and pretend Collingwood never won it mm. as a collective. <laughs> I, I, I just had a conversation with someone who really desperately wanted Nathan Buckley to win and for Collingwood to lose. Yes. So that's that's going to be but difficult. Then we've got to work with Eddie as well, don't we? So there's, you know, there's the ups and downs of it all. <laughs> oh, gee, you, you'll hate me if I say this. Is there ever going to be a good time for Eddie to say, I've been here for 25. I might just look at greener pastures now it's time for somebody else would a win today do that do you or would, would that make him say oh I could get two another in a row get a win and go another 25 <laughs> they will have to pry it out of his cold dead hand <laughs> <laughs> you make a point when, though when, how old do you have to be to be a president how old is jo- Joseph his son <laughs> <laughs> he's waiting for the succession, succession. plan <laughs> like, yeah. today will be vindication for his succession plan it's gone off without a fault hasn't I it really think, I think Joe would be the one uh, Xander is the younger one so Joe would be the natural successor, I think. Otherwise, it could be like the uh, the royal family from the 16th century. <laughs> hey, you make it, a great it could point. be like Prince Charles waiting, though, couldn't it, for him, if, <laughs> if he's waiting to take <laughs> yeah. over. Mum outlives him. <laughs> yeah. um, it's funny because we, you know, we a lot of us have social media outlets as well as the uh, general media outlets that we perform and work on. And I don't think, you know, we, we say good things about teams. And we also are obligated to mention the bad things about teams. I don't think any other group of supporters in the land have more of a comeback with fire and really, really fire back harder than Eagle supporters and the volume of them that come back. (laughs) There's, There's no other supporter group which comes back so frequently with such ferocity about any and everything that you could say about any one of 17 other teams and you do say about 17 they are so protective of their own they're a a law unto themselves there's a lot in it for West Coast today Mm. and the MCG being sort of prime amongst them, if they're able to put that to rest and come and win a premiership here then they will quite rightly lord over the rest of the competition well, that, that MCG thing is something they never really want to talk about. Adam no. Simpson always, you know, 
and it dismisses it as being a significant issue. But the whole discussion around the stadium has been, uh, I think, intriguing. I remember when we interviewed Simo and he repeated that this week, oh, three years ago, and he was like, oh... I'm actually dirty that they're going to have the stadium and the dimensions are going to be like this and they're not going to be unique anymore. But surely that has been a good thing so for So he them. was saying that he wanted the the Perth Stadium to be like unique again, or, or, and, or something or that narrow was, again. Yeah. Which, which oh, he's got his own reason. I cannot understand why you would do you've got to You've got to win, no matter how good you are, you have to win at the MCG to take mm. home a premiership. And you would think that you'd want the closest semblance of a ground that, that reflects the MCG to play on regularly. Just, we'll talk more about the game later. How hard did you find it to tip the winner in today's game? I came to really it. difficult, I found it. Yeah, right down the middle. And I, to the point where I thought, well, I've, I haven't really given West Coast... I sort of waited for them to fall over all year. Mm. I thought, well, I could hardly go and tip them on grand final week because it would be the ultimate disrespect. But it was <laughs> really like splitting hairs for me. Well, you, you remember last year I was convinced, and absolutely convinced that Richmond would win and I felt like a leper standing way out by myself while I was so convinced. I think Collingwood win... But there's no absolute ironclad convincing argument. But if I look at all the reasons why teams win, they're probably more pointing to Collingwood. I mean, there's still some absolute admirable reasons why West Coast can and could, but there's more why Collingwood could get the job done. I did have a thought this morning, though. I'd heard an old rumour that on uh, grand final morning 1995 that that Brad Pearce turned the radio on and the song came on it was the Smashing Pumpkins today is going to be the greatest day of my life and there was this omen and I thinking about key forwards and the Jack Darling and Josh Kennedy opening the windows today and seeing the, the blue sky you're a key forward Dan. you're a special kind of it's a, it's a perfect day for them isn't it I actually prayed for overcast conditions <laughs> and no rain yeah. yeah, as long as there's no rain, if the ball sticks in your hands and that's your stock and trade, yeah. that's what you're no after. No howling wind. Yeah, well, well you, you, you take rain before wind because yep. you can day. set yourself for the mark and then the ball just skews off its axis and you've got to readjust in a, like a microsecond. It's more difficult. I want to dig into some of those individuals a little bit later, those West Coast Eagles that failed on, on 2015. But just briefly, the, the collective epic fail that a number of teams have produced on grand final day and in big finals in the last few years. I know it's always happened over the years to some degree, but it feels like there's been more of them in recent times. I watched the grand final, uh, my my pre-Friday night before a grand final is to watch some of last year. So I watched the first half and Adelaide were in front till almost almost half time. Hearing Josh Jenkins speak about it during the week, would be say that they really weren't playing that well and, and to watch that is that they, they really weren't playing that well but they were in front yeah. but the thing is that we sat together and, and, and Richmond played a certain game coming into that game and they just ground teams down and even at quarter time I remember Matty Richardson out the back here and he was, he was a, you know Richard <laughs> he's a nervous wreck and I looked at him and said Richard you're playing the game you want they're getting their looks, and they're not kicking all that many goals. You'll win this, mate. You'll run over the top of them. If it goes the way you've been playing, the way you've been giving output, and it looks like it is, you'll win this. I, I thought they mm. not had no, it in the bag, but it was going to plan for a Richmond win at quarter time, even though Adelaide was still ahead, you know, deep into the second quarter. 
So it will be fascinating, and I will ask that question. It will talk to Russell Gibbs in a moment, the West Coast chairman, a little later about which team have you got more faith in to to absolutely, absolutely turn up today. And that doesn't just mean the first five minutes. It means longer than that. We need to take a break. We're going to also chat to the CEO, Mark Anderson, from the Collingwood Footy Club. What a story they've been. We'll discuss Jeremy McGovern and his situation and all the other angles and stories of uh, this grand final week and turn our attention to the trade action. And, boy, isn't there going to be some action coming up. This is Crunch Time from the MCG on grand final day where the glorious sun is shining. It's all with thanks to Honda. Let's help you into Honda, see honda.com.au and the TAC, Safety Barriers Save Lives getting us towards zero, Jerry Waitley Anthony Hudson, Bob Murphy and Mr September Club, Dermot Burke Welcome back to Crunch Time for Honda let's help you into a Honda, see honda.com.au and the TAC, Safety Barriers Save Lives, getting us towards zero, uh, at the moment a magnificent day at the MCG and no matter the weather, it will be a magnificent day at least until 2.30 and hopefully beyond for the West Coast Eagles Chairman Russell Gibbs who joins us on the line, Russell, uh, you're making your way to the ground. Welcome. Uh, it's a huge day. Yeah, good morning, gentlemen. That's a huge and a very, very exciting day for uh, not just the West Coast people, but obviously the whole of Australia. And a proud day, I imagine, for you. You haven't been in the job for too long, but it, it has been a, a challenging year. And to make it to, to your seventh grand final this year, given some of the obstacles, uh, I imagine you'd be delighted. Yeah, it has been. It certainly hasn't been a smooth ride. We started the year, as everyone would know, probably most predicting it's not even making the eight. Some predicting it's even with a wooden spoon. But uh, throughout the year, there's just been a very, very strong belief, certainly amongst Adam Simpson's playing group, but I'd even extend that to the whole of the uh, West Coast Eagles fraternity. So it's, to be here today is somewhat surreal, but uh, we're really looking forward to it. Tell us about Adam Simpson from your point of view. He has this quiet, unassuming way of going about things. But And obviously, as, as we said, there have been some challenges during the year and he took them to uh, to the grand final in 2015 and obviously that day didn't pan out too well. And it probably got to the stage where there was some small amount of pressure externally on, on Adam uh, to, uh, to really create the pathway where people over there could see that a flag would come at some stage. So what, what's it been like from a board point of view uh, looking in? Yeah, look, in, in some regards, the journey starts from right back when we did, first appointed Adam. He was a, I think many thought it was a rather interesting appointment while he'd done his apprenticeship under the great uh, Alistair Clarkson. He was a bit raw, I think he'd have to acknowledge that himself, but he was also a guy that just looked like he had some potential there, and we've seen over the years that potential grow, and I, I think, you see, there's many things you enjoy about being sitting uh, the chair of a football club but one of them is seeing the development of people and players and Adam's been one of those who he's just developed over the last three, four, five seasons and I think he's still got a lot of growth within him so it's uh, it's great to see him reach his second grand final and I, I watched him in the lobby this morning and he was really relaxed. He's, he just he seems to have that ability just to put everything aside and just to, to be in the moment. Is it an extra challenge to be a Victorian in Western Australia as the coach? Well, he'll, he'll actually claim, and we claim Western Australian, because he's <laughs> born in WA. So <laughs> when you talk to him, he very much looks like he's a Western Australian. Uh, I, it was interesting when he first came across, because, as he will say, he had a bit of a perception of what it was like, uh, Western Australia was like, but also often we may make comment about having to travel, and it wasn't until he was here he realised that there are a few challenges, and Australia is a very, very 
big country, so going back and forth. But oh, he's really settled in. He's got a house, as you know. We'll just extend his contract for another three years, so he's with us for at least another four years, and I'd hope well and truly beyond that. At what point did he win the people of West Coast over, would you say, that's, Russell? Oh, that's a great, uh, great question, Joe, because remember who he followed. He followed one of our favourite sons in, in John. I think he pretty quickly won them over. He's got a, he's got a lovely manner about him. But look, I, I think he's just, he continues to build that, that support. And uh, I, think we've, uh, I don't think we'd let him out of Western Australia, put it that way. Do you recall the piece, I think it was the middle of last year in the West Australian, where somebody put forward the thesis that it was time for you to punt Adam Simpson? Yeah, I do, I do recall that. And I made that great faux pas in a, uh, in a football board meeting as a first-year chair where I said to him, you know the boys right behind you, Simo. And with that, I was, <laughs> <laughs> and then Trev bit quickly told me you don't say that sort of thing to a coach. But, no, look, I, we had completely, and I said earlier on, he certainly was taken on as a coach that we thought would continue to develop and there was no doubt that there was so much that he was doing that was right. And even at that time, guys, you remember, we were winning games. It might not yep. have been some of the prettiest wins, but we were winning. So never, ever a doubt uh, whether he was staying or going. Would you have expected at the start of the year, expected is not the right word, did you think at the start of the year it was a legitimate possibility that your Eagles would be in the grand final? I, while others, as I said before, predicted that we'd be out of, out of not making the eight, I don't think there was ever a doubt amongst uh, those within that we would certainly be in the eight. There's a good squad there. Yep, a few of the uh, the guys like champions like Matt Prittis moved on. Sam had only been with us for that year. When you're in the club, you can see what is underneath and what's also developing. And um, the, the opportunity for guys like Jack Redden, who did come into play very much that role that Pruder was playing, to actually then get a go, we saw that growth. Plus, each year, I think a lot of people talk about the youth and the, 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 how young their sides are. The West Coast average age is probably lifted by a handful of players. But if you look underneath at the Jack Darlings and, and others, they're pretty young and they still continuing to develop, Jeremy McGovern. So they're now only mid-20s. So um, we were pretty confident that they'll continue to develop. And there were some kids on the outer that we still had potential, like Willie Rioli, bringing Liam Ryan in. I think it's been fantastic for the side as well, just that youth and enthusiasm. Russell, just take us to a couple of the flashpoints of the year. So the afternoon that Nick Natanui went down, is how did that leave you feeling? Oh, just terribly hollow in the stomach. When you know Nick as a person, he is, if not the best person, he is certainly in the grand final. He is just a wonderful man. He works so hard and to see, quite frankly, any footballer not be able to apply their trade is, is tragic and that was that really left a hollow feeling in the stomach. Um, but after the game, I went spoke to him and already he was talking about, look, been through this before, Russ, I'll get I'll get moving ASAP. So so that was a that was a low point, but um, he's turned that around. He'll be in the coach's box today. And then the days around the Western Derby and the tumultuous yeah. events that see Andrew Gaff out for the rest of the year. Again, just give us your experience of those couple of days. I'll be quite honest. When that happened, I don't think many of us at the ground. I'm sure that obviously you had the vision that people could see. So we didn't really know what was happening. 
the days that followed, they were, yeah, it was, it was interesting. I, I suppose when something like that happens, a whole series of other questions get asked and about not the club so much, but just the events and should, as you know, you know, it's an assault, is that not an assault? So it was tumultuous. Um, we as a club know what Andrew stands for. I phoned uh, Sticks, Rachel, he's a wonderful man, and to have him shortly after game just say to me, look, all fine, Andy, Andy will be fine. He was more concerned, as it's been reported about Andrew Gaff. I, I, I think it was it was something that just built momentum, but uh, hopefully everyone's moved on. Um, it's certainly not. We don't want to see that happening out on a football field. Everyone would agree with that. Um, and and yeah, as, as we said, you know, we wrapped our arms around Andrew Gafford. We would uh, Andy Brayshaw as well. Did you feel... So the front page of the West Australian during that week is it's very rare to see that local media come at the Eagles in such a way. Did you feel like a club under siege? I don't think we felt like a club under siege. I, I think we felt it was perhaps taking it to a level beyond where it needed to be taken. But at the end of the day, we respect that the media will report how they, they choose to report. We just need, as a club, to be very clear what we stand for and make sure that the actions that we're taking are the right actions. So, yeah, we've, we've moved on from there. What do you like as a watcher today, do you oh, think, Russell? I'm terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I just start. I, the, uh, I sit next to my deputy chair, Peter Carter, and Paul Pete's had a, many a bruised leg after a game. So uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll have to. I'll have to uh, probably give. I'm sure there'll be other dignitaries sitting around me. I'll just have to maybe control myself a little bit. And if you uh, if you could choose one of your boys to win the Norm Smith Medal today, who would you who would you go for? Oh, there's, there's so many. I don't want to call favourites, but oh, come on. <laughs> oh, okay, look. Uh, I think I do think midfield is very, very important. So seeing someone like a Luke Shuey or an Elliot Yo um, or a Jack Redden win it, oh, come that would that, I think that would say a fair bit. It wouldn't be wouldn't be great if there's someone that you weren't expecting, like a Willie Rioli, to, to yeah. pop up in his first grand final to win. But that, that would be very cool. Hey Russell, yeah. you've got to have an eye to the future as well as the now. Did you host that meeting with Rory Lobb? Oh, no, no. The funny part about that was. I was on a plane coming back from the Brownlow, and I, I landed, and I had a series of texts saying, "Have you just met with Rory Lobb?" And I said, "No, I, I was actually on a plane. The only recruiting I might have been doing was some hostesses or something. I don't know." But I was, uh, I was, uh, I was on a plane at that time. Did they have a meeting at your office? Ah, uh, well, he might have. There might have been a meeting. It might have been for my job. I was in the office at the time. <laughs> I was a bit concerned I might come back and find some. Uh, well, we wish you all the best with that, but that is into the future, Russell, and uh, it's going to be a huge day this afternoon at the MCG. And best of luck, fingers crossed from a West Coast point of view that it goes your way. Congratulations on what the season and the, uh, has given you and the club has done so far, and uh, let's hope it finishes in a great manner. Thanks, guys, and I hope you have a great day as well. On 11.16 SEM, the award-winning crunch time. Let's help you into a Honda. See honda.com.au. Welcome back. This is Crunch Time for Honda. Let's help you into a Honda. See honda.com.au. And the TAC, Safety Barriers Save Lives, getting us towards zero doom. 
want to get to as much as we can out of you. I know you were going to uh, swap with Kane Corns for the second hour. So uh, your thoughts on today and the main issues. I, I, I asked before about who have you got the most faith in uh, in terms of turning up today, which team? And then, if so, who are some of the susceptible players? Okay, you... first of all, as I said, there's, there's no absolute reason why either team can't win or why other team won't lose. You know, they're, they're, no one outranks the other side by far. The last thing I would look at is we know Collingwood's opposition last week was unbelievably good. Richmond to Richmond. Now, they, the, the score line will suggest they didn't turn up. They turned up. Remember the shot Jack uh, had for goal in the first minute of the, the play? The ball came from the other end, and the way Richmond brought it forward was awesome. And I thought, wow, if Richmond keep getting it forward like that, they are going to kick the sweep here. It was 20 minutes until Collingwood broke the deadlock. I think it was one goal each till 20 minutes. Richmond were playing Richmond's game, and Collingwood unlocked it. So Collingwood, we know, are seriously good. That's what we know. Eagles, we know, are very good. But we can't be sure on just how badly Melbourne played. The week before is what I'm basing it on. Hawthorne have five very good players. They need all playing well to win a game. Two of them were sitting in the stands. And Hawthorne still, for their moments, made Melbourne yeah. very nervous. And for that reason, I was convinced the Eagles were going to absolutely slap them around if they came out with the killer instinct. They did. They slapped them around. So I don't know that they had great opposition. They did what they had to. Big tick. Fantastic. But I don't know if they are seriously informed or just did what was expected of them. So yeah. they're the things we do know. Melbourne Horrendous. They, were, they? they gave up three goals, and you could see them. They, me they melted. They melted. They retract, and they were stunned. And then, you know, at the twenty-minute mark of the first quarter, they had Tom McDonald inside the back line as the seventh player, and that is admitting you are not yeah. kicking a score. And they changed, like when they're running through the middle of the ground, ham, you know, the long yeah. forward handles. Like that's, we haven't seen them do that all year. That yeah. was when you knew that things were, you know, really gone. So, we, so that's on that side of what's turning up. Both teams will get their shots in the midfield today, Collingwood and West Coast. So last time they played 51 entries each going into their respective forward lines. Kennedy, here's another one. Kennedy kicked two goals for. I think if he gets six shots at goals today, he kicks three or more. And that's going to be tough for Collingwood to counter it. Because if he gets six shots at goal, the ball's going in there enough for other blokes to get their shots And, as and does well. Goldsack play on him? Yes, for the entire day. Uh, you, does that scare you? If you're a Collingwood fan? No, because I thought Goldsack went really well. There's two ways to read this once again. The two ways to read this once again. Goldsack's a pretty good player, pretty good stopper. But the fact is that Goldsack played really well on him until three-quarter time. And then Kennedy got a hold of him in the last quarter. Is that the Goldsack first game back for a year out? And is just feeling his way in? Or was it Kennedy's had a month out and then has started to roll on into form? So they are the aspects that we look at. Um, I think Golsack... See, Jack led up short on Golsack last week. He did all that we had to out the back and whatever. But he took three or four dinky little marks leading up on Tyson uh, uh, from about... Oh, 
I thought they were barely 15 metre kicks, but he made sure he did it because Goldie doesn't chase out hard on the lead. I would think that Kennedy's going to try and do that again today, but he also has extra reach if the ball does go upstairs, and that's where Goldie's pretty good. He's, he, he, he is able to trail out at three-quarter pace, jump, and make a big high spoil. So, And he's got more footy into him, but so too is Kennedy. So that's line it's ball. fascinating, that. It, really it is, is line. Yeah. Both of them have improved since that first week of finals 21 days ago. So we've had a chance to talk to the West Coast chairman, who's pretty new to that position, and Mark Anderson from Collingwood as the chief executive is a bit the same. Mark, welcome to Crunch Time. Thanks, Jared. Great to be with you. How does coming here today compare to, say, going to night one of the swimming in Rio? It's <laughs> a good opening question. It's a uh, similar in that uh, you know it's it's the main dance, and uh, you prepare yourself in uh, in that instance for four years to get to the Olympics, and uh, this clearly a lot of preparation. But uh, in a season, you're preparing all season and pre-season. So, and it comes down to this: it's about performing in the big moments. And night one in Rio was a roaring success. Well, well, uh, hope for the same result today. But uh, yeah, indeed. Tell me this, Mark. When did you first read the review? So it was done prior to your time. Did you get to read it in the lead-up to taking the job, being interviewed for the job, or after you put your feet under the desk? Uh, another good question. Uh, after I started, but I ex- absolutely, going through the process, wanted to know what was in the review and what were the key findings and where the club was heading. Uh, and in my mind, I was locked and loaded uh, in the uh, in the current gig until 2020 and Tokyo Olympics. And uh, if I was going to make the change, I wanted to know that the change was the right decision and that the club was committed to change. And absolutely, going through that process, the club was committed to change. So, what level of change did you read about? Oh, look, I think uh, it was a great review in that it covered all elements and uh, from footy to the admin and the board. And the key things, uh, not dissimilar to the swimming process, was that we had great people in, in the roles, uh, a bit of tweaking, and it was about getting alignment and people working together. And uh, so there wasn't anything major, but what I loved about it uh, was that people were genuine, they were committed to change and embracing change, and that was from every level. Now, give us the, the absolute heart of the truth here. So you're flicking through, you go, where are the Buckley pages? Where are the Buckley pages? Were you like everybody else? Oh, <laughs> I read it from page one. I didn't jump to uh, page 24, but uh, no, look. Again, and this has been well reported, but the Buckley pages uh, absolutely were as they've been reported, that he had the players' uh, heart and soul. He hadn't lost any of the players, not one. Uh, And so in reading it through... You, you saw a, a guy that clearly had the hearts and minds of uh, the players, and uh, and they wanted him to do well. That's borne out over the over the season, but that was real. So, without tipping anyone into it, Mark, where did they go wrong in season 2016-17? There was a, a few factors, and uh, and we all get in, a, in elite sport, and, and you guys, uh, from a footy perspective, you, you get that kind of it's that intangible mix of uh, high-performance success. It's it's about people, and it's just about finding that right dynamic and the right ingredients. So, again, there wasn't majorly uh, things that were wrong, but I think... Uh, you know, what was a great sign was that we didn't tip a lot of people out of the organisation. Uh, so there were great people in the organisation. Uh, it was a bit of uh, redefining. So, you know, Ned Guy coming in uh, and 
coming in as the head of list management, but Derek Hines staying from a recruiting is a great example of Derek's a great recruiter. Uh, Ned coming in sort of added another level again, but you know Derek's a, a you didn't really want to answer that question <laughs> honestly, did you? <laughs> well, not on grand final day. <laughs> well, th- things have gone right. What what has gone surprisingly right for you in your since your tenure started that you honestly didn't foresee? Yeah, I, I think in all sport and and particularly footy clubs, it's that uh, it's it is that intangible dynamic around people just working together and and getting the right people feel right across the club, from a playing group, a leadership group, uh, off field as well. And the way that that came together, uh, you could touch it and feel it. I, I did a day a week at, from the start of the year while I was still in the swimming gig and uh, or st- stayed in swimming until we had the Com Games trials and then stepped out. I walked away every day that I spent in there in that early stage going, you can feel something that's building here. And it was real and it was all about the people and about confidence and, and alignment and, and just about the dynamic between people getting right. So, um, you know, wins then starts to build on that and the momentum starts to build and, and uh, away you go. With all due respect, mm. is that the ultimate liniment sniffer job? Uh no, I think uh, what it is about putting the right. Because you can people... walk into the, the, the team that comes 18th in their preseason, yep. and you can be there and go, "Wow, this is building," you know. And and they are. They just happen to come 18th. Yeah. Well, no, and and I think uh, you know, having worked in high performance sport, uh, you can you can detect what's just the real. Uh, what's real and yeah. what's genuine, and that was the, the thing walking away that it was genuine. You could see why it was happening as well, and that was just about quality people. Uh, really believing what they would do, and most importantly, having expertise as well. So, and right people in right roles creates the dynamic that you can start to get some success, and then the success creates the better dynamic. So the success did come, but it the first it lost the first two and three goals to three goals one to nothing down against Carlton. How are you feeling then? Yeah, it uh, was interesting. You know, round one against Hawthorne, we all walked away going, uh, you know, clearly that was disappointing, but no one panicked. And uh, going into round two, I think it was against GWS, mm. and uh, the signs were there that we were playing some good footy and, you know, had a couple that went down and uh, were sort of undermanned in the end but played some good footy. So coming into Carlton, clearly the traditional rivals, uh, you, know, you, you could... It was a pivotal match, but no one came in and no, uh, panicking around, if this doesn't get done, we're in strife. I think there was, again, that calm confidence that we're on the right track. If we do what's right, you know, it sounds like a cliche, but if we do the right things, we'll get the result. Uh, and that played out. And, and then the pivotal part of the season for me was actually the following week. I think it was in Adelaide. Uh, that was the moment in the season, I reckon, where it started to click and the real belief cool. kicked in. I, you could almost feel it uh, during the match, but then in the rooms after the match, there was a genuine belief that was there that uh, you know things are on track. With all due respect to your answer there, if you'd lost to Carlton, I'm not sure how well things would have been going. Anyway, <laughs> Bob, I'm, I'm interested. If clearly, clearly, you know, the Adelaide win was a was a turning point and for the belief and you know brought the group together. Was there was there a result or a moment? for you personally where your expectations went from the optimism of a footy season to this group could make grand final day and potentially win a premiership? 
Uh, and this sounds like a cliche, but it's not a cliche, Bob. At no stage did we ever think or plan that we'd be here on this day. And that was probably one of the key elements of why we are here, that we never set an expectation. We actually just went and did the jobs that we all needed to do. And it started to build and it started to build some momentum. And I think the, the key thing about Collingwood often is that expectation outstrips reality. Uh, and this year it's, it's been, we've actually just built into it and, uh, each step is a step further. And, you know, even coming into Richmond last week, you know, a lot of outsiders didn't give us a chance. We gave ourselves a chance, but we didn't, uh, didn't plan and expect that we'd just beat them and, and roll into this one. So it's been a step by step, stage by stage. How is managing Eddie been? <laughs> <laughs> Can I just chip in there? Yeah. Last week, I'm standing in the race as part of my you duties, were. and I saw Mark come up, I shook his hand, said, well done, mate, that's fantastic. He said, oh, thanks very much, yeah. And then the, the rest of the board members were walking up, I shook their hand, said, congratulations, what a wonderful win, and they're like, oh, thanks, Damien, Ian McMullen and those blokes. And then, like a, like a whirlwind, Eddie's got the arms raised up, <laughs> clenched fists, and he goes, you deafened beauty! And I thought... It's a well-dressed joffer. <laughs> <laughs> That'll get back. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll, I'll he loves it, it though. He does. He, he loves. Does. He admits that he's yeah, the best-dressed nuffy supporter, and he does a brilliant job of it. So that's what I said, Mark. Yeah. So managing Ed like that to answer Hado's question, what's it like? Yeah, look, I think uh, coming out of the uh, the previous gig, I, uh, John Bertrand was uh, president and chair. So clearly, a really successful and high-profile, and actually, it was a good experience coming into this uh, job with Eddie as uh, chair and not that dissimilar. It's kind of you, they bring amazing things to the table as chair and presidents and uh, can open any door in Australia virtually and, you know, just a massive presence as well. What's his strength around the board table? What, 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 does, what can he do at the board table that, say, some others can't? Yeah, look, I think it is absolutely that, that it's about any... The passion's genuine, and so that's infectious, as you know, yep. and that was a good example. Yep. Uh, but it's it's also how that transcends into... He can knock on any boardroom in Australia and get the, the chair or the CEO of any organisation in Australia. But as importantly, and we signed a deal with Coles this year, which was with the Selvos and some of the work we do with Homeless, he's as genuine about helping the homeless as he is about getting a and great the, And the players have bought in. Jordan Degoe's work there, which is unheralded, uh, he does it off his own bat now. He was forced into it to start with, I believe, but still goes and commits to that. So there's a genuine care there as well. Yeah, and I think that's the thing with the players, that they're, uh, they are great people and they've got a great connection amongst themselves. But Jordy's a, a great example of... You know, clearly he was serving out his punishment is yeah. how that started. But he'd go in and he, he built a connection with the Salvos and, 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 and still goes on a, on a Friday night. Mark, we have a commitment to get to. I'm sure, I'm sure you've got plenty. Good luck today. Doom, you're leaving us. Give us your tip. And a Norm Smith. Brody Grundy, Collingwood, 25 to 35. All right. Kane Corns to join us next. Stay with us. The award-winning crunch time. Let's help you into a Honda. See honda.com.au. And the TAC safety barriers reduce fatalities by approximately 85%. Safety barriers save lives, getting us towards zero.
The MCG is being prepared for the show. The lanes are being drawn out for the heats of the grand final sprint. The stage has been assembled out over on the southern side for the musical entertainment. There's some Maccas kick to kick, which is going to take place out on the ground. Over at the Yarra, there's the celebrity longest kick after Jack Gunston took out the uh, the footballer's version. And Mike Hussey just walked up and was Mr. Football, never mind Mr. Cricket. He just lobbed the first share and into the inflatable bucket to uh, to get things going. It is grand final day. There's a bit of light cloud gathering overhead at the MCG after what's been a fine morning. It's going to be a chilly afternoon as Collingwood and West Coast decide the 2018 Premiership. This is crunch time for Honda. Let's help you into a Honda. See honda.com.au and the TAC safety barriers save lives, getting us towards zero. Jared Waitley and Anthony Hudson with you. Bob Murphy is in place and he's been joined by his great sparring partner through the year, Kane Corns. Kane, welcome to grand final day. Uh, Jared and and guys, uh, welcome. Thanks for having me. I, it's a, such a great day. I was at my hotel and there was um, thousands of, not thousands, but hundreds of Eagle supporters staying where I'm staying. Go there with thousands. Parents and there was girlfriends and there was wives. And I had a quick chat to a lady who was just wearing number 17 around the place. You could tell the excitement was upon her. And I said, oh, you're not Josh Kennedy's mum, eh, by any chance? She said, oh, I am, I am. This is amazing. He said, I spoke to him during the week and he would hand back all his common medals and everything for this one chance. And I hope it goes well. And I, so I was all pumped up and I was excited after speaking to her. I wished her all the best. And I walked out and over to my left was Andrew Gaff sitting with yeah. Brad Shepherd, mm. just together. And I, I had a quick chat to them, but I did not know what to say. I'm awkward at the best of times in those, in those situations. <laughs> so what, what do you say? How, how are you going? Well, they're clearly not going that well. They're sitting together. They're not staying with the team who are staying at the Pullman around oh. the corner, which is which which I found was interesting, and, and they were just saying that they made a joke out of that. You know, we're, we're clearly um, the off-cut staying at this hotel when all the important people are staying down the road. But just the agony and the ecstasy, I guess, in the in a matter of two minutes was summed up for me this morning at my hotel. The excitement of Kennedy's mum and what's in sta- at stake for her son today, and then the heartbreak potentially for those two guys who are clearly in the Eagles' probably, you know, best five and... 15 players. The Gherkins, Bob. Yeah, the, the Gherkins. Yeah, we talked about that during the week, didn't we? About that's that's one of the one of the realities of Grand Final week is there's always you know for the for the opportunity of the glory for the for the 44 players there's there's some there's some heavy emotions for for the guys who miss out. Th- those that failed last time for the West Coast, I know they've dismissed it and they've you know Darling said I'm I'm beyond that now you know I'm over that and all that, but they're not. No. And and on. Today, like day like today, it would be stronger than ever in their gut churning. I, I, would have I did love the way Adam Simpson spoke about that during the week. He said, "Look, we addressed it at the time and we dealt with it, and now next time we'll be better for it." So that's the only way. When we, on a different scale in 2007, um, you know, we got completely obliterated. Clearly, so it was it was ten times as bad as what happened to the Eagles. But we never addressed it, so it was almost swept under the carpet, and it was almost because we were a young group. It was celebrated. Oh, great year, you got to the grand final. But the fact that we didn't deal with it set us back. I've said five years, and I mm. think that is clearly the case. Some of the performances on that. So day it wasn't set even us back. wasn't reviewed. No. Nah. Wow. We, we basically went on holidays, and it was always lingering in the back of the mind, and it was all it was cause of some conflict between the players. You know, you could you could almost hear the, the unresolved back, the background talk about you know blame not blaming but your performance, and then the way you acted after the way you, uh, Choco acted in the lead up to the game. They had some issues with that, so we never dealt with it, and. I hope Adam Simpson 
um, his comments that they really did deal with what went on only, what, three years ago. And if they did, I'd expect a much stronger performance today. Tell us about 2004. How big a day is it in your life? Oh, well, oh, it, the, the prelim for me was just it, the weight of the world came off your shoulders. And I remember the, the moment the final sign blew in the prelim, Damien Harwick grabbed me almost like in a rough and, and friendly headlock and said, this will be the best week of your life. So embrace it and enjoy it. So that was on the Friday night as soon as the siren went. And we did that. I, I loved it. The opening up to the media on the Monday, the open training session at Albany and coming over, all, all that stuff. So we just really embraced it. I remember about a couple of minutes before the national anthem, Mark Williams came over and he was very jovial. He made a joke, which I remember just completely calmed my nerves down. And it's just the little things that Bruce McAvaney rang me on the Thursday and he said, Kane, uh, the ball bounces a little bit differently at the MCG on grand final day. Just be aware of the way the ball bounces. I, I don't know what he was really, I don't know what he was really meaning, <laughs> yeah, but he said it's, it's, it's spongy at footy park, it, the ball, and it's true, but he goes, just be prepared. The ball bounces a little bit, but it just, oh. just the little things that you Didn't remember. Didn't ring you with that, Bob, did he? And, but oh, to me, thanks, Anthony. The, the moment is, it's, it's almost, it's, it's a relief. And then once you get into the change rooms and there's thousands of people, that's when you can really enjoy it. But um, so special. Was there, life, any, was there anything about the day that surprised you? That, just before watched... we do, I can't leave that. No. <laughs> Did Bruce often ring you? Uh, I, we had a. Your neighbor, you were neighbours growing up. Well, because of the, his relationship with Dad, I might speak. I might have spoken to Bruce once a year. Mate, just in passing at the coffee shop because he, he lived in the same suburb as me and he was always up for a chat. So it was out of the blue. And then I got into the change rooms, you check your phone and it was different era with no social media, but I, I would have had 40 messages. The first one was from Bruce that I read and I was just like, oh, that just sort of all, the jigsaw just all fit into place. And I've never, ever forgotten that. So, you know, it goes to show his care for, for people, but um, what do I remember? Did anything surprise yeah, anything me? Much, having watched, you know, you growing up like all of us watching yeah. grand finals. Yeah. Yeah. Was there anything about the Bruce actual experience? <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it, it is a game of footy, so you know you, you build it up to be um, all this mystique and everything, but you just want the footy in your hand. You want that first touch. It's like any other game. You know what it's like? If you haven't touched it for five minutes, you when start the clock, running start, around the clock starts talking so to you. You get that first touch and you go, oh, all right, I'm in here. Well, this, is a, this is a game of footy. And half-time address is another thing that I won't forget. And, and Mark Williams' optimism, just, um, you know, we were down just at half-time, but he came in. We've got them exactly where we want them. We're going to run over the top of them. This is exactly what we planned for. And that just gives you belief. So, so many things have to go right um, to be successful on this day, as you know, Bob. And, um, you know, it's, it's, what is it, 14 years for me, but a memory that lasts forever. And you did roll over the top of them too, didn't you? Well, we did, yeah. yeah. I mean, they were, they were gone. They were banged up. Uh, I think a fair few of their players had a million pain-killing injections, including Jonathan Brown. So, you know, they, were, they were, had given it everything they'd got, and, um, you know, we got them on a good day. Do you, how old were you? 21. Yeah. 21, yeah. wow. Would you, do you wish you were 26? Like, yeah. Would you have yeah. appreciated so, it more? Well, so, uh, do you Bruce would have rung you the sec? Well, uh, actually, did he ring you in 2007 or uh, not? No, he didn't. No. 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 That's what went wrong. <laughs> he it. knew you were overmatched yeah. that day. <laughs> My biggest one is 2014. Um, so I would have been about 31 then, and we mm. nearly got there. Um, you know, Andrew Moore had a kick to put us in front against Hawthorne in, in the prelim in 2014. And then... Watching Hawthorne dismantle Sydney a week later was the hardest football moment for me that I've ever had. So that would have been the perfect full stop for me. So 2004 and then 2014, 10 years later, 
but we know you've you got to be grateful for the one that, that you did get because a lot of players don't. I love how you said it, it's just a game of footy and Derm. No, no. Uh, oh, did he? It's your whole life. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, his sermon. Like, what are you doing on Thursday night on 360? I'll remember that forever. But it's, it's, people say it's not. A, it's another game. Of it's not another game of footy. <laughs> <laughs> which is the, the, almost the delusion of football. You have to sort of hand yourself over to it, Bob, which is something we've talked about from time to time. We have talked about it. It's, well, it's magnified today, isn't it? And they, when those two groups come together, they know that it's all, that all the chips are on the table today. How have you been thinking about it during the week? Well, I'm just... It shapes as such an even contest for me. I don't think anyone... I mean, I know we spoke last week about Collingwood starting favourites about... The guess they, isn't not tips this week, isn't it? Guess. That's, it's a guess. Yeah, it's a guess. What's your guess? And I've changed it like 15 times. Uh, I was with Josh Kennedy's mum and she was like, who you tip? Oh, Eagles. Yeah, yeah. Eagles. And then you see the Collingwood. Oh, no, I reckon you... you There's nothing wrong with that. that. I did yeah. that in the air. As I walked in, who you yeah. tip? Well, <laughs> Eagles. You've got an Eagles scarf. So I was at the... Footy festival yesterday to do a thing, and I just West Coast supporter asked me, "Yep, yeah. West Coast, Colin, yeah, yeah, <laughs> But I'm completely unbiased today, so I just, I, you know, even last year, um, you know, I had some warmth towards Richmond winning, and then the year before was the Dogs, and but today I, you I don't just think, care. I don't, I do not care, and I think it's a great story for whoever wins today. And feeding into that, so I noticed that the MCC restricted members have now been given access, which sort of feeds the. For the neutral fan, this is not as easily accessible as it has been, and Stuart Fox sort of made the estimations and looking to avoid the embarrassment of what happened mm. last week, and so they've moved to their restricted members to try to make sure that the, the top of the members is full and every last fan gets in. That means I can get in there <laughs> as a restricted <laughs> member. Uh, but uh, yeah, I spoke to Andrew Embley last night, and we'll speak to Kingy about it, but he, he's watched the Eagles really closely. He said just you have to deny them possession of the footy so they'll absolutely cut you up through if you allow them to, to dominate possession of the ball which is almost what Collingwood did to Richmond last week so just the other tactics as well I know that's Kingy's forte we'll, we'll get to that shortly I can see it on the screen there but yeah. um, the tactics will fascinate me and the one-on-one duels I think we'll get some today you know not often in, in modern footy do you get the one-on-ones but uh, there's a few storylines with that oh, there's so many storylines isn't there within uh, within both teams but Mark Lacroix one that has not much attention has been given he was on their list when they won the premiership back in 2006 and uh, obviously he was there as a, as a, in his prime when they came in 2015 and I think he hit one goal uh, he wasn't the worst but certainly wasn't the best so he'd be one whose career was almost over at the end of last year he's had a, he's had a good career hasn't he he's been a damn good player I've chased Mark Lacroix around a few times and he's he's one of the very best in that in that role so he, yeah there's, there's it's a it's, there's a lot of redemption about about this grand final from both there's you know there's the Buckley uh, side of things, which we've talked a lot about, it's kind of the final piece of his of his status in the game as a giant in the game. But there, and there's the 2015 of the Eagles. There's a lot of redemption themes through uh, today. And there's uh, there's a couple of forwards from the Eagles that it's a very lonely place that forward line, as you would know, Bob, having played on them. If you're not touching the foot and you feel like you're not having an impact. So I look at Willie Rioli, I look at Ryan, I look at Lacroix and think. Yeah, they could be, if they haven't touched the footy, running around going, I need to get into this game. The Eagles got a, a few of those that, you know, you know, it's a big, big 
challenge and test for those three, particularly how they get involved in this game. So that'll be interesting. And then up the other end, who gets to goey? I don't know. I think Schofield will go there, but can he do what he did to Bunteen, Rance, make them look silly? If he makes them look silly, then he's probably going to do the same to Schofield. Would, would so. that be the most nervous defender from both sides? You know when you go into the meeting room before a game oh. and, the, and the, you see on the magnet yeah. board, where it used to be like when you play Hawthorne and you see Murphy under Rioli and go, gulp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, re- I reckon for if the, whoever walks in, you see Dugowie and then you see Ooh, gulp. <laughs> so when I, I used to, uh, when I was tagging someone, some some of the best midfielders could go forward and make you really nervous. But there, there was always an agreement with me that if they took me forward, I'd hand over. So Jonas, Tom Jones, back, back. But every now and then you couldn't manipulate that. So if you're Schofield, you'll be just having eyes for McGovern and Barras and Hearn going, boys, I need you here in this hole. So yeah. I, I think they can cover it. Uh, the help now one on one good luck to Schofield but the Eagles and their experienced defence can cover that match up better than most other sides it's a little while since a forward set up like West Coast has worked on grand final day mm. it's, it, that, that's it's the culture wars at the moment is the control versus the chaos game and Collingwood's not the purest version of the chaos, but they come together, and I'll be really—they're more of a scrapper, see, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. I'll be really interested mm. to see how the styles marry up on Grand Final day, and whether West Coast can defy the the current trend and two big forwards yep. and a range of of crumbing forwards. I don't know. I'm, so, I'm so glad we got the weather. Yeah, I know, we I got the weather, so. so it's not it's not tilted in anyone's favour. It's like we we'll get to see the best version or the, or the best opportunity for the best version of these sides. And then Mason Cox as well. He would have loved waking up to this weather as well. But it, it, for me, it's got the feeling like he he won't touch it today. It's got that sort of feeling. Um, but <laughs> more can, witch doctor. You put a lot can, of witch well, witch doctor stuff. I was today. just I was listening. I, I loved I loved once again. I, Terrific show last night, Jared. But I love Dennis Pagan on it. Now that's got nothing. He, I love, I love his character, and I, I think he's been amazing for the game. But Dennis, for those that missed it, said, "Just I'm paraphrasing here a little bit, but just son, get off Twitter, lock yourself in a quiet room, and have a good old think about it, son." And, and I just, I, I just, <laughs> I love you. And he finishes everything with son. Yeah. It's the most condescending, just, but brilliant it, finish. But it just resonated with with, with players from our era, yeah. particularly when we started. That was exactly it. You know, you, 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 if I had, I remember. I want to get a kick in those boots, son. Oh, I got in, got engaged to Lucy, and my, my picture was on the front page of the paper with Lucy. We did a, it was supposed to be a little piece in the advertiser, and we ended up on the front page. And I was petrified working walking to the footy club <laughs> that my experienced teammates were absolutely going to give it to me for being on the front page of the paper. So that, you know, that's how much it has shifted, and players are embracing it, which is great for the game. But it's got that feeling like. Cox may not touch the footy today. <laughs> it's war without weapons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dennis did have it all going on last night. Oh. It was fantastic. <laughs> the crunch coming up for the TAC. Safety barriers save lives, getting us towards zero. He sunned me on uh, the coaches' night on Tuesday night, too. Yeah, because oh, he is one of those coaches who was. You know, pretty fearsome type when I first started out, so he, I'm always son to him too. <laughs> sure he quite knows my name, but anyway. He would have always called Kingy David. David, David well done, son. Uh, David King, welcome aboard. He had that way, Jared. When he held your wrist or your, your forearm in his hand, you were in stripes. 
<laughs> he told the story last night of going to meet Nathan Buckley at the hotel and how Bucks was on the bed. They made their best pitch, never had a chance, and all the history that flowed from that. So he left out everything bar and nickname which might have been associated by it. So it gave it was the it was the real heart of if at the end of the day Dennis Pagan is putting the Jock McHale medal around Nathan Buckley's neck, that might be the confrontation of the afternoon. It may well be, Jared. Look, he, he, uh, we all know that he called him Marilyn Monroe. And he laid back here like Marilyn Monroe. Who do you think he was? But, look, Nathan was a highly sought-after commodity back then. There's no doubt about that. And, you know, it's very rare that a player says they're going to leave after one year, which Nathan did, the Brisbane uh, Bears. And we thought we had him. So the, the rivalry started then. He was clearly Collingwood's best player for a decade. And there's times, I'm not going to lie to you, where I felt embarrassed and, uh, as, as how we spoke to Nathan and about Nathan, but all was fair in love and war. Kingy, um, just thinking back to Clarko's comments from a few weeks ago um, when he said it's not about tactics, it's about system. Do you believe that on a day like today, or is there any tactic that's going to be vitally important from either side today? No, I think there's a mix of both. I think that these two coaches... Have got, have got the group, haven't they? I mean, they've got both their groups. They've got uh, amazing relationships. You look at the West Coast, they travel every second week. They're a group that, that basically live out of each other's pockets for, you know, 70 hours a week. So they've got a great relationship. Collingwood this year is the first time we've really seen a genuine coach-player empathy, two-way relationship. It's us. They win as a team. They lose as a team. There's no disunity or disloyalty. It's the best Collingwood as a football club has looked for a long time. And I've been critical of them through the course of the last couple of years and, and, and most specifically Nathan last year. But when you see it, uh, it, the whole football side of things becomes real quite quickly when genuine empathy for how hard the game is uh, for most players, uh, not the stars clearly, but for most players, I think that things are generally going to work pretty quickly. So I do say that, Kane. I mean, you, you, you and I have the same belief. If, if it's a messy game, Collingwood will win and win well. And if it's a, uh, if it's a really controlled, uh, slow, methodical ball movement game, then I think West Coast will win. Um, so there's, there's challenges for both teams, but there's certainly facets that they want to get right and, and modes of play. There were signs early from Collingwood that they just had control of the game and, and the game that you're speaking of. What will you be looking for early in this game of footy and who's it most important for? Is it West Coast to settle or is it Collingwood to do what they did last week and dominate the ground ball and dominate around the contest? I don't think there's any uh, need for either side to settle more than the other. I think that um, I'm really fascinated to see whether Yo, Redden, Hutchings, um, those sorts of guys can, can get it done in, in the midfield in the midfield, head to head with Pendlebury, side bottom, Adams, Trelaw, and that that'll tell us which way the, the, the momentum is swinging in this game. I, I'm just fascinated to see the midfield head to head at the start. I do think the Goldstack Kennedy matchup is, is just so important. I don't think we can undersell you know that first couple of contests. If the first ball comes in and Kennedy takes a contested mark against Goldstack, I think there'll be a collective breath taken around the ground. Kingy, with the, I think it's the way we're looking at it. You know, there's certain signposts for, for the Eagles. You know, if Mitch McGovern, yeah, if McGovern's taking Jeremy McGovern, sorry, if he's taking intercept marks in defence, that's a sign for West Coast. And if they're, obviously if they're, you know, their tall forwards are, are taking lead up marks, but what what are you looking at for Collingwood? What are the, what are the what are those little alarm bells that we might see if, if Collingwood have got their rhythm going? 
Yeah, I think um, I think when you see just just it's just going to sound really simplistic and it's going to sound probably stupid, but any time the ball's on the ground, it suits Collingwood. They're a great loose ball get team. They love contested footy. This midfield works and spreads hard. Uh, they love the messy game. They've got such creative players like you know Sidebottom and Varco and Degoe. Stevenson can make something out of nothing. They're a smaller team. West Coast are very tall, so they want the ball controlled. They want it in the air. But I just think Collingwood's ability to win at a ground level will be something. If, that, if that's evident early, Bob, I think the Pies will they'll, they'll fuel that'll fuel their fire or fuel their passion to run uh, and to get numbers to the contest. So that, that's really important for them. What about matchups, Kingy? What's what's priority one for either coach? Well, I think I think there's about five really significant matchups today. I, I think the side bottom matchup is probably number one. Uh, which way do they go? Everyone's saying Hutchings. It wouldn't be a shock. It wouldn't be surprising. Could Maston do it? Could they? Could they? Uh, could they try something in a grand final? Maybe. Maybe not. I think the Kennedy Goldsack matchup is pivotal. Um, if he gets one early, look out. McGovern, Bob just touched on. If he's a force down back, then there'll, there'll be uh, there'll be some headaches in the coaches' box at Collingwood. Bro- Brody Grundy's another one. I think Brody Grundy is something to start to pair with. Lyset and Vardy were fantastic last week against Max Storm, but it, it all starts again. Um, and then I think I think one that really sort of snuck under the radar a little bit is who plays on Jordan Bigawi. I mean, there's no logical goal square defender of that size uh, for the West Coast. So if any of those guys light up, they could just tilt uh, the, the pendulum in, in the favour of, uh, of their team. Would you go Schofield or Cole or someone else? I think they'll go Cole at the start. Um, look, Schofield's only just come back into the team, so, you know, to go out of a goal square, it's a, it's a really scary one. But Adam Simpson knows these players better than us. Um, he's coached against Collingwood twice in the last six weeks. He knows exactly what's coming. They're planning to beat Dugowie last time was perfect. Um, I just think, I just think the West Coast have snuck under the radar all week. No one's talking about the West Coast Eagles. You pick up the Herald Sun today, there's 25 pages on Collingwood and three paragraphs on the West Coast. So I just think this is the perfect preparation uh, for Adam Simpson to come in and, uh, and steal the victory. Can you take us back to your premierships and there was the, the stars we know about, the gun players, but take us through some of the unsung heroes on the biggest stage in your memories of that, a story that perhaps we're not aware of and that isn't as high profile as Wayne Carey and the like. Uh, well, everyone will talk about Glenn Freeborn kicking three goals in five minutes between the 96 grand final. John Blakey going and tagging Paul Roos uh, pretty much from halftime onwards mm. uh, was significant. Uh, I, I look at... Uh, the influence uh, of, of, a, of, of an on-baller just having a 15-possession quarter, like a Peter Bell, um, a Shannon Grant being able to get forward as a midfielder and kick a goal. There's nothing bigger in terms of the emotional lift than when a midfielder bursts from the centre clearance and kicks a goal. And I think that, that could be a true law. You know, that could be a yo. It could be a side bottom. I mean, that, that's, that's what you're looking for today. You're looking, if you're a Collingwood player, you're looking for a reason that you can get the crowd involved. An effort, a tackle, a spoil, something where you can we can get this this Collingwood strong crowd involved. Mm. And then, well, I'm just going to say that there, there'll be something today, like an, an unsung hero, Bob, there was in your 2016 grand final, Tom Boyd, who would have expected? So I'm not sure who it is today, Kingy, but there'll be someone, Bob, up that we don't expect. Uh, there will, there's no doubt about that. Uh, look, 
And, and it may it may be Stevenson at full forward. It may be he's, he's mm. so quick. You know, you spend all your time planning and worrying about the goey, and then and then Stevenson plays a similar role and gets under your guard as a lightning quick, lightweight model of the goey. Um, so there's, yeah, there's 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 a captain too. Let's not undersell um, Shannon Hearn. I think that he's got a role to play today that's uh, of significance. His ball use is long and it's, it's pure. So there's no. There's no um, no one's been hidden out there today. It's the, it's the spotlight of grand final footy and either pass or fail. Kingy, enjoy your afternoon. Good on you, boys. David King, who's been part of Crunch Time at various stages during the year, the Crunch for the TAC safety barriers save lives, getting us towards zero. Can I just ask, Bob? I'm sort of fascinated. I know your story behind it, but clearly, but where you watched it from and. It was the coach's box, wasn't it? I was in the in the stats box, yeah, but but I could hear the coaches. So there's kind of you know there's a glass sort of separating, but I could yeah sort yeah. of in there. But I, to be fair, I spent most of the time looking at the ceiling, Kane. I was, yeah. <laughs> no. I was so anxiety yeah, ridden. And, and, and you forget that Sydney were actually in front of that game with ten minutes in the last quarter. I think so. It was a bit closer than yeah, it was what that, we, that point. Yeah, what, and, and at halftime they looked like they were really. That looked like they were pulling away Sydney, and at halftime was, that was probably the most confidence was rocked. And then and I, I remember Moons was doing the game with us, and he w- ran into Bevo in the lift. They took the same lift down, and yep. Bevo basically said, oh, "I think we've lost it." Mm. That, that, he obviously <laughs> changed his mind by the time he got down to the old change. I know the there was, and there but was it was real structural problems. It's, and J- Josh Kennedy, he, he played an enormous first half he to did. the point where watching, it was like, is he is he six foot eight? <laughs> yeah. you know, the, the presence of them, it just looked like he was a, he was an Adonis. He was huge. He was incredible that day. So memories of 2017 as we look towards the 2018 Grand Final West Coast and Collingwood. Blue skies over the MCG. The stage has been built, so the entertainment's not too far away, along with the motorcade of retiring greats. We've had Jordan Murdoch and Riley Stoddard put themselves forward for the grand final sprint from Geelong and Sydney. Big win for the Cats on grand Murdoch final. Murdoch is like he looks time for Honda. Let's help no, you into Honda. See honda.com.au and the TAC Safety Barriers Save Lives Murdoch getting us magic. towards zero. On 1116 SEM, the award-winning crunch time. Let's help you into a Honda. See honda.com.au. This is the crunch for the TAC Safety Barriers Save Lives, getting us towards zero. The MCG is a picture at the moment. Beautiful blue skies in Melbourne. The sun is beating down. It's a chilly afternoon in prospect, but as a picture, it could barely look better for the time being. West Coast and Collingwood in the grand final of 2018. Jared Watley and Anthony Hudson in place. Kane Corns and Bob Murphy are going to stray from the grand final ever so briefly and talk about uh, the issues of the week which have all revolved around potential trades and what will erupt on Monday, what's been constant throughout, there are decisions that have been made and announced and then there are others that clubs, teammates they're all on tenterhooks for it shapes as a, a quite remarkable two and a half weeks coming Well, and they're the ones we're talking about, there's going to be some surprises I think, you know, what, what are Sydney up to? Are they just sitting back at, are Adelaide going to do anything? They're, they're going to lose another experienced player do they look to bring someone in? Port Adelaide I don't know what they're up to because they look as though they're going to go backwards in a mini rebuild but uh, the ones that Look like who's too will. quiet? Who's too Sydney quiet? For Sydney for me. Sydney is so quiet, and we always know that they can <laughs> spring some surprises. Uh, so important for the Giants, you know. It looks as though they're going to lose Shield. That, I'd put my money on that happening. Hogan the same from Melbourne. So uh, storylines everywhere, and big high-profile players on the market and looking to leave. Um, Andrew Gaff, you know, probably definitely going. So it's going to be big. 
Even though Paul Connors didn't indicate that this week, that he was definitely going, he indicated it was more likely 60-40 staying in, in what, I, what I heard. So, um, why, why, would, why would he not have signed? I don't know, yeah. but I, all I'd say, and I agree with you, I, I thought he was definitely going too, but it does seem to be a different case, this one, Sandra Gaff case. I don't know. It's, all, all that's happened around it, I suppose. Uh, the way that it, that it ended, but and maybe he's just waiting, and I'm sure he's made his mind up by now. Yeah, I would have thought it would have been a nice boost uh, to lead into the grand final. Maybe he just didn't want finals. a to distraction. Be, yeah, yeah. Oh, I see it the other way. I think he didn't want the distraction of of leaving before the grand final. It's selfless, but as soon as the celebrations or commiserations settle down, I, I would expect that's the way I see it. He'll leave, but. Who knows? We'll, we'll have you covered, though, won't we? We'll be all over it. So let's start with Dylan Shield. Is he was given permission by the Giants to meet with Melbourne Club so that it wasn't surreptitious. His, his manager has said that he's more likely to be in Melbourne than elsewhere next year. Phil Davis is his captain, his co-captain. Uh, was on AFL 360 last night. I actually spoke to Dylan on the phone yesterday for 45 minutes. We're just chatting. And I said to him, I said, we just chat, we just started chatting and I don't want to breach any privacy, but we're just chatting about everything. And I said, mate, just by the way, just so you know that I, Phil Davis, the captain of the Giants, are desperate for you to stay. Like, I want you to stay. I really want you to stay. And I think they know that. I think they need to know that because Dylan says to me straight away, he goes, Phil, I know that. And that's why I think it's a bit different because it's like, you know that your teammates want you. You can just tell. You can just tell. I think all the boys, you can tell that we want to keep him and, and Rory want to keep them. It's important also to be a friend. I think that's a really important balance and it's a hard balance to strike and it's probably something that's taken me a bit of maturity and I went through it when I was 20 when I when I left and yeah. that's probably opened my eyes a little bit but I've also seen what's happened recently so for me it's like Dylan I want you to know just for five seconds I want you to stay and you're a big part of what we're about but here hey mate I'm, I'm an ear I've been through this so I'm happy to talk to you it was amazing. It touches, yeah. touches the, the real emotion to it, doesn't it? It got the third person in there too. That was. Got the, we always, we always like. But that. I actually liked that. Yeah, so often you ask these players and you say, "Oh, have you tried to persuade him to stay?" Oh no, yeah. no, well, no. That, well, that, that, what Phil Davis talked about there—that's the argument I would hold up to. Go, oh, footy's a business now. It's just a business. It's like, it's, no, it's not. There's a business element to it, but that—that's that's the emotion and the and the relationships that that is built around this stuff. So they know that Rory Lobb is leaving and they are increasingly likely to lose Dylan Shield as well. And and Phil did speak about this. He spoke about the... You just don't know what the team's going to look like when we regather and what the opportunity associated with that is. is Will Setterfield's name's been mentioned as well yeah. pretty strongly. Carlton are into him. Yeah, well, but if, if they get their full complement back from injury that they missed this year, then just who knows? It's, it is such a... The difference between the best sides and the worst is so small that it's a matter of luck next year. So they may lose a couple of stars, but be able to compete really strongly, provided they're fit and they get some salary cap relief. They'll get some younger kids through. So um, can they keep Josh Kelly in the long term? Do you think? It looked like thought. he was going to go. I, I think someone will just make him an offer that you just you can't say no to. So it's finding it hard to see when they're going to win a flag. Yeah. Yeah, as the moving piece to lose Shield the year early, and they'll get more for him. I, I get that, but they are less of a premiership chance without Shield than they are with Shield as they mm. walk into next year. So, the, the first club he met with was clearly Essendon. He's met with Carlton. There's a real sort of underground buzz that Alistair Clarkson has always stayed close to him. Um, so there's and then there's St Kilda. So there are, are definitely four suitors in Melbourne. It's a really interesting choice. Is it feels like top dollar is St Kilda. Um, just below that is Carlton, and they probably have the trading power. 
But Hawthorne, as you could imagine, if Shields thinking they're going right, so Clarkson as coach, Mitchell and O'Meara, mm, and yeah. I walk into that. There's a big difference, I think, for Dylan Shield walking in as the number one midfielder as to walking into a collective of three mm. A-graders. And, and if you look at the history of Hawthorne to be able to get the absolute optimal out of their recruits, then that's the club that suited to him. And I heard Mark Williams, who is you know, like a father figure to Dylan Shield speak, he actually said he's a, Dylan's a career footballer. Now, <laughs> uh, I'm not, not exa- I think I know what he means by that in terms of th- th- this is just his... He just wants to make the absolute, absolute most out of this. He's a true professional. You, you look at him, he's, he's cut like a diamond, he, he weighs his food, he's just the ultimate... Always got a sharp haircut too, doesn't he? He's, he's um, a great teammate. That's neither here nor there. No, it's man. not. But um, So he'll be, he'll be an asset to, to anyone, and yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he landed at the Hawthorne. Wouldn't he change the dynamics of the Hawthorne midfield? Oh, yeah. And they miss Lynch as well, so they, they must... Have some, yeah. some salary well, caps. They've got some cereal money, haven't they? Yeah, so. correct, yeah. Uh, Jesse Hogan, do you sell high? This is sort of the moment for Melbourne. What? If they don't think Jesse Hogan's going to stay for a long time, I think that, mm. that, that they've been reasonably um, realistic about yep. that the whole way through, is sell high when Fremantle have the assets that you could really get hold so of. So the, the, the most common question we get asked is, what, what is a player worth? Uh, what is Jesse Hogan worth? Yeah. I, you know, what if you look at Jake Lever? So two first round draft picks for for Lever. Hogan is a is a better prospect than Lever in terms of he, he's a key forward, match winner, marquee player. So he's more valuable than Lever. You look at O'Meara, what Hawthorne gave up. He's more valuable than O'Meara. So you're not you're probably looking at a certainly a a, a top ten picks so around five, and then something you know between ten and uh, so it's it's definitely two high end first round draft picks in my opinion but then other people will shoot you down and say oh you're kidding yourself he's not worth that it's just the debate so it depends what they can get for him to, to answer your question in a lot of words big upper hand isn't it for the demons in that big one upper big hand. upper hand in that in that over the table for that one yeah. three men all being desperate mm. interesting well and Lockie Weller gets you get picked two for Lockie Weller because like, the club is desperate to get him yeah, so yeah. Charlie Cameron for 12 so it depends on how desperate and they've missed every player under the sun Fremantle who knows? Ken Hinckley was really interesting on Thursday. They clearly have the salary cap space to pay Chad Wingard if they felt he was worth it. I think quite rightly they're going, well, he's not. Is is three years without being the million-dollar player that some people are building him up to be. So they're making a, a choice. You said about Pollock, we weren't prepared to compromise our build to pay one player. And you can read into that, to pay him that amount of money. And then there's the so they there's clubs that want to pick Wingard off for 800 to a million. Well, you make them pay for it with draft picks. Because I think Port Adelaide planting their flag at two first round draft picks. If you're serious about paying Wingard a million dollars, then pony up. Yeah, well, and and I like it as well, Jared, because if you look at what Collingwood have done and go back through all all the premierships, certainly in the last four years, that the the closeness of the group now. Does, does, I'll, I'll say this with all due respect, does Wingard buy in to the absolute team philosophy of your club? Now, he's a great, humble young man, but he's the first one to turn his toes up a little bit if it gets tough in pre-season. Is he a player you want to pay a million dollars to? Or is it Dylan Shield who's going to absolutely love it and grind out pre-season and encourage his teammates Wingard hates preseason. He doesn't love football. It's not his number one passion. So is he the marquee player that you want, or do you cash him in now and get two first round draft picks and take 
Connor Rosie, who's a, a young South Australian, or Isaac Rankin, or Jack Lacosha. So, yeah, you know, I think they're playing it well, but they must be prepared to probably take a step back if you lose Polek and Wingard, who are in your best team. But it is that intangible that you can speak about it better than me, Bob. Does Wingard fit into that right now? They're not, um, they don't trust him. It feels like they could end up with sort of four picks inside 25. Mm. The way that they're, mm. they're going is Pollock, you would have to assume they'd get an end of first rounder four. They've got their own pick. I think they've got somebody else's pick. Yeah, they've got St Kilda's second, second round, round I think, yep. which is pretty early. I don't think St Kilda was anticipating yep. it would have been as early as, it, yep. as, it, as it's going to be. So they do have significant hand. If you were Hawthorne, would you rather, because Hawthorne have been linked, as have the Bulldogs and a couple of others, would you rather Shield or Wingard? For the Hawks? Yep. My gut says Shield. Yeah. I would have thought that would be it. That's it. Just adds that other dynamic. That 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 extra running midfielder. I think is probably what they lean on. Once again, for me, there's a lot of Chad Wingard about Sean Burgoyne when he left. So so Burgoyne did a lot well, but there were still some elements that were missing in his game. So you can um, get that maturity, get him at the right get, time. Well, and, well, and you could, and and who knows what? Uh, the unsung hero at Hawthorne is is Andrew Russell, who's head of high performance. He he. There's Clarko, then there's Andrew Russell, not that far behind him. So what he could do with Chad Wingard, if he can get him to buy in like Sean Burgoyne did, the the upside is unbelievable. This guy's a, this guy's a two-time All Australian by the time he's 22. Like he he's a freak. And he's, Genuine match winner. He is, and he's seriously he's seriously tough. I know he can act for free kicks and go down and look like he's shot, but you put a ball up in the air, he'll just see ball get ball regardless of what's coming. So. Oh, don't get me wrong. I'm a massive Chad Wingard fan, and he will benefit. I think it's the time for him to leave. I, if I'm Wingard, I look at what Burgoyne had done, and he could follow a similar direction as what Sean did, but he's not going to get the best out of himself at Port. Do you still think Mitch McGovern's leaving for money? Yes. Yeah. And I, I thought the, the, the Colin Young was was honest and open, and there was probably five or six reasons on your program, Jared, as to why he's leaving. My response to that is, well, you signed a three-year contract extension at the club you're at 12 months ago. Um, so clearly all those, all of them bar David T, were all in play three uh, a year ago when you signed that three-year deal. So oh, money money plays a, plays a factor, I think. Yeah. If Big ends, factor. Yeah, if he ends up with five years at Carlton, money might be comparable at the start. I don't know what it looks like from there. Yeah. So I'm, I, it'll be interesting to... So he's not the most confident speaker, so I wonder whether he'll ever lay out... What did break down? What did break down in Adelaide? What, how much of it related to the camp? Um, how much of it sort of around that period in rehab at the start of the year? Like, it's a pretty significant breakdown. Yeah. And really. if and if he's not completely confident in his in his body, I mean, he's he's missed a lot of footy, Mitch McGovern. Mm. Is he is he happy with Adelaide's medical department, who have been under scrutiny this year? So that he didn't mention that. I don't think Colin on your program, but that. The security of five years for a player whose body has continually let him down would be a would be a carrot as well. I would think. So he didn't play in the grand final last year, did he? No, no, he was injured on the way on the way through the final series. Mm. Do, do you like the idea of Wingard at the Bulldogs, Bob? Yeah, I think he fits. Yeah, as a in purely on field, you know, Kane, Kane. I don't know that I don't know the guy, but uh, purely for an on field thing, yeah, that that mid forward, just that to add that bit of class. The dogs need some some guys with that with that extra class, and he it, like he really is. He's a he's a big moments player. I know he's got he's got he might have a few warts, but he's he's he had some. He's the, the best the best version of Chad Wingard. Yeah, 
Yeah, that'd be game on the line. He wants the ball in his hand, and, and not it, not all players are like that. You, know, you think back to the showdown where he kicked the, the winning goal just before the final siren. He's that guy. He's a he's a match winner. So that's a snapshot of the trade period, which is looming. And trade radio, you won't want to go too far without it because the developments have been amazing in season, and I suspect they will happen rapidly as soon as we get clear of the 2018 season. This afternoon, West Coast and Collingwood in the grand final. We'll get Bob and Kane to zero their thoughts right in on who, why and how this afternoon. This is the crunch for the TAC. Safety barriers save lives, getting us towards zero. On 1116 SEM, the award-winning crunch time. Let's help you into a Honda. See honda.com.au. So as we bring crunch time to its conclusion for 2018, Kane Corns and Bob Murphy, let's delve into it. Let's delve into uh, what lies before us. Bob, you open the way. Oh, it's, it's, it's always fascinating. I'm as fascinated about just what, what style of game we get, we get from the start. You know, Kingy talked about, you know, if the, if the ball's on the ground and it is scrappy. And that's probably why I'm just, and I think some people are just leaning towards Collingwood is because generally grand finals are a bit scrappier. The, the pressure on the ball is just immense. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of rush kicks. There's a lot of high bombs into the forward line. And I think that that probably suits that probably suits Collingwood just that little bit more. That you know, with with West Coast with those the the two the twin towers with with Kennedy and Darling, are are they going to get enough pretty ball where it's just on the on the lead up? I'm not too sure. I know they're 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 much more sophisticated. And they've got more balance to their team than that. But that is their signature, isn't it? So I'm intrigued about about how the game looks and whether that ball's on the ground. Surprise, surprise, I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to go <laughs> with the Eagles, and I just think if they can match... Like two peas in a pod, you two. This is what Honda and the TAC have paid for all This is what makes me misty. I'm going to miss this. Collingwood's midfield has the edge, but I think West Coast can can match it in there, and if they can match it in the midfield and in the ruck, so I thought uh, Lysette and Vardy, hasn't it? We haven't even spoken about Vardy. I mean... Talk about stories. That's oh. an extraordinary one. This guy couldn't get on the park. Yeah. And now he's now he's here and playing a vital role. He's a big big man. So if they can tag team Grundy, wear him into the ground, um, prevent him from having the impact around the ground. Nick, Nick Matt was great on your show last night. He's actually taken over as the ruck coach uh, because Jonathan Giles got a job in building and construction. Yep. So he's worked really strongly with those guys, brought down Max Gorn, and now try and bring down Brody Grundy. And he did a good job, like I said, in the second half here at the MCG on that day that Nick Matt got injured. So, And Adam Simpson's comments, one of, the, one of the great grand final comments, the most expensive ruck coach on the market <laughs> in the press conference. And once again, I'm name dropping, but I saw Nick Matt just walking around Albert Park today. He's the coolest customer I've ever seen. He had the tights on. He had the dreads, the big um, Dr. Dre headphones on. Anyway, we digress. I think they can match them in the midfield, and, and I think Collingwood's uh, defence will be exposed, particularly late in the game, like we saw in the first final. That's the way I'm going, and Jared, it's been a big week on your show, but Josh Jenkins' comments was honest and open and, and forthright, and I think Crows fans resonated with that. I mean, grand final's different. You know, he spoke about a little thing, and people at home might go, the warm-up, you warm up later. People say, who cares? But that does throw your rhythm out a little bit. So how 
teams adjust. You know, we see the players out here now. This is how long to go. Still probably an hour and 45 minutes before bounce down. So the little things, just about the adjustment, I think the Eagles would have learned from 2015 and, and will be ready today. The worth of having a dozen players who live through that, I do think that is significant. Mm. Yeah, and and that can be spoken about. Uh, so when, when you have been there, usually straight after you win the prelim, right, let's address tickets. Let's get tickets out the way. You're going to get such and such requests for tickets. We'll deal with that. Let's deal with the media. Let's deal with our travel. So that that is, that is important. It's a little thing, but... Kane, having, having played in a couple of years, so is, is a lot of the anxiety around getting jumped? Is it is that Because that's that's the worst nightmare. The worst nightmare is to go out and be on your heels and all of a sudden you're behind. Because not a lot of sides come back, mm. do they, on grand final overs. Usually the side that gets out in front usually comes home. Yeah, I think so. And, and we spoke about it yesterday, didn't we, Hutto, about it, finals often... I think Blighty was telling me the average winning margin in grand final was 38 points. So they're not often close. And, and we... Mm spoke about which is the team that's most likely to get jumped and I said it's West Coast just for the the reason of the um, more the inconsistent players that they've got in their lineup and the the lesser light so that is a risk for West Coast but if they can be thereabouts like they were three quarter time in the qualifying final they're 10 points down in that game we must remember they went on to dominate the last quarter 16 entries to six I think it was in that last quarter and run over the top so it's a danger um, but I don't see it I don't see any side I don't see it happening to any side today I don't think yeah, Collingwood looked a better team in that game for a great proportion of it didn't they and then West Coast came home so strongly so again it's hard to know how much to well, read it into the, that it's the best final we've had so oh, far it was yeah. a fantastic yeah, final they lost Shepard early in that game they did well, yeah so that would have played a part mm. so line them up for us who goes to side bottom well I think Hutchings goes to him particularly if what what you said, Hutto, about he doesn't like it, and, and Hutchings would know that. You, you know if a player doesn't like playing on you, so that's it. He had 36 uncontested possessions. If I'm a tagger, I look at that. I can stop them. The uncontested stuff, you can stop easily. 13 uncontested marks, you can stop that, so I'd put him straight to him. Even the, And he's not in the middle. This is where I think the tactical battle can tip for Collingwood, is Sidebottom's not in the middle, and you draw Hutchings away from that and then you go to work with... I know Adam's played more half yeah. more than he did middle last week, but Pendlebury's a Norm Smith medalist. And Trelaw, you can, you can see Trelaw... He's building is uh, Kingy spoke about the player on the fly out of the middle. Is If there's one thing I think we'll see today... He's built Trelaw, for grand finals, Trelaw, Trelaw will roar out yeah. of the middle and kick a long goal. You're right, Jared, and you, and you can play games. If side bottom's out on the outside, you can start off the back of the square, you can open up the wing, you can duck in late. And Hutchings is going, what do I do now? So there's little games, and Sidebottom is experienced enough to call the shots himself. It's not as if he's a first, second-year player. He's a smart footballer. He'll go to half-forward. He'll come up to the contest. He'll empty out the forward line. So, Gee, it's a big assignment. Like, how, big, how, yeah. Imagine being still Sidebottom. You're coming into a grand final, perfect conditions. You are, you are in the form of your life. He couldn't be going much better at the moment, still Sidebottom. How many goals for Darling and Kennedy is too many for Collingwood? Four each. Oh, yeah, eight's way too many. <laughs> <laughs> Considering they kicked, uh, I think it was two between um, Lacroix, Kennedy and Darling in 2015. So four each. I think five five to six is the tipping. Yep. I think Collingwood, if they okay. keep them to five, that, 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 Collingwood, okay. If they, if, they, if they tip over to six, it's going to be tough, I think. So final selection and margin and Norm Smith just... With my eyes closed, with no confidence at all, Collingwood by six points, but I, I, st- I think McGovern will win the Norm Smith. West Coast, Elliot Yo and Willie Rioli to kick the first goal. 
Uh, I'm Collingwood by 14 and Jordan Begoey for the medal. Collingwood, 8 and Adam Trelaw to do a few of those bursts out of the middle and win the Norm Smith. Thank you, everyone, for being part of Crunch Time during the season, particularly to our listeners who always give us great support. And speaking of support, to Honda, let's help you into a Honda. See honda.com.au. Been with us all year. And to the TAC, and their messages are so important. Safety barriers save lives, getting us towards zero. Uh, it, uh, we do really appreciate the support of, of all our sponsors, but particularly to Honda and to the TAC. And... Uh, that's crunch time for... That's crunch time. <laughs> Obviously not standing First up that crunch time. Yeah. You tripped on the line. For 2018 and for all those behind the scenes, uh, led by uh, Ross, who once again has had a disappointing season with the Saints not making the finals. But thank you, everyone. The grand final is next. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi-finals. all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.